Thanks for joining us for today's broadcast of Power Walk Ministries with Dr. Paul Cannings. We've just begun our special Thanksgiving 2023 series, Foundational Building Blocks for Giving Thanks. Pastor Cannings takes us to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 to challenge us to develop the kind of mindset that Paul had. Helping us understand and develop the characteristics in this passage, here's Pastor Kennings with part two of the series, Focus on Things That Are Just and Right. What could keep you from losing your mind? You know, just really losing your mind, full of anxiety, fears, overwhelmed by difficulties, and just staring at the TV because you don't want to think of nothing else. And having maybe frustrating responses to people that are just frustrating you so to the point where this Christ-like character is just not a part of what you're thinking. How do you not lose your mind so that the God of peace dominates our lives? It's not like we have to go get him, convince him to come into us in order for this peace to be there. No, he already lives inside of us once we believe that Jesus died for our sins, rose from the dead, and we believe that with our hearts. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through 8. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. He just fills us. Right at the point of salvation, he has poured into us. So it's not like when we talk about not losing our minds, we have to put these different things in our lives. And then God says, okay, I'm so impressed with what you have done. I'm not going to come in. No, he's already there. It's what ignites him. It's how we stoke the fire. It's what kind of wood we put in the fire so it burns brighter and brighter. We already have this fullness in us. How do we stoke the fire? That's the issue today. And that building blocks that are necessary for us so we don't lose our mind. Because Satan would love for us to lose our mind. This is what he does with such deception. It blows you away. You see, you could say, Daniel, look at the world is wonderful. Everything's going to be great, man. Daniel, you're going to be rocking. No, Daniel had enemies on his job. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego end up in a fire. At the pinnacle of Daniel's journey, he's in a lion's den. But Daniel never loses his peace. They'll lose his mind. That's because Daniel stoked the fire. How do we stoke this fire? We talk about truth because the Spirit of God is truth. And the way to make sure that's the first thing we do so we're not weighed down. Rather, we are set free because the Spirit sets us free and we are free indeed. The Bible says we have to first commit to who He is. Truth. That's who He is. If I want to take a shower, I got to be committed to get wet. That's what it is. If I want to start my car, I have to have keys. That's just the way it is. If I would like to stay in good shape, I have to exercise. That's just how the body is designed, and that's what it helps it to do. That's just the way it is. The Bible is saying if I want to develop the spirit inside of me that brings out all these things because the fire is stoked, the first one, the foundational one, is truth. That's who he is. The second thing he's telling tell us that would help us to stoke this fire, develop what is necessary. He's saying this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, finally, brethren. And you really have to focus on why he's saying finally. Iodia and Sintichi, they're fighting and arguing. You've got people fighting and going against Paul. You've got people who are enemies of the cross saying all kinds of wicked things against Paul. And Paul in the midst of that says, be anxious for nothing. Paul, are you losing your mind? No, yes, I have lost my mind. I just lost it in the right place like a seed landing in soil and losing itself and therefore became a plant. 
Paul is saying, I rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Paul, they're talking about killing you. You know what? Rejoice doesn't mean it's a wonderful, great feeling. It just literally means I'm going to be like a lamb skipping around in the field because I see my shepherd over there. I see my mom and dad over there and the field has got grass in it. And I can live carefree because everyone that loves me is right here. And I have the ability to function right here and enjoy life. So he's talking about a lamb that's just popping up in the field and jumping off, off its hind legs, just jumping and jumping. And while the shepherd is just looking and looking around for the lion and the bear and the foxes and all these things that want to eat that little lamb. The lamb is looking at the shepherd because the shepherd will fight for me. So I'm carefree. Paul is saying, I see all that's going on. I see the wolves. I'm, I'm on the house arrest. I'm going through all of these different things. I get it. I get it. I got preachers talking against me. People are enemies of the cross. All these different things taking place. I've learned that the sufferings of Christ. I want to learn the sufferings of Christ so I can experience his power. He talks about that in chapter 3. I've had to count everything lost. I don't own anything. I have nothing anymore. So you learned, have to learn contentment. Because he came from being a Pharisee of Pharisee, a Hebrew of Hebrews, to being broken under house arrest and don't have nothing. He says, so I'm about to learn contentment. I got a shepherd that never leaves me, never forsake me. No matter how bad things look on the outside, he's powerful on the inside. So I'm going to live carefree, rejoice. And again, I'm going to live carefree. And that's why I'm going to be anxious for nothing. And what's going to keep me from being worn out is that not only do I commit to the truth, but whatever is honest, whatever is honest, <laughs> whatever is honest. The other the word in the Greek also means whatever is honorable. Whatever is dignified, I'm between these soldiers all day. Whatever is dignified, I will do it. So Paul is saying, hey, you know, under house arrest, there's times I have to make decisions. And in the decisions I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure those decisions are dignified. I'm not going to let these soldiers make me start cussing and talking crazy to them and pointing the finger at them because of the slop. They give me leftover food from the soldiers after they're being fed. I don't know the condition of the house he's in. Don't, please don't think it's a 20th century house. Okay, It's not where the restroom is over here and you can turn on the TV over there. You get the internet and all this other stuff. No. He's in this house. That's the kind of situation he's saying. And he's saying, you know what? How will I, in the midst of all of this, do what is dignified? And whatever is respectful. In other words... God is the same writer in Philippians chapter 2 will say this while he's under house arrest and we really don't know how the soldiers are treating him. They obviously give him enough material to write and entertain people that come to him. So obviously they don't seem to be mean and spirited because the Macedonians come to him. He is in the midst of writing these letters that he's writing. Well, how does he respond in the midst of all this? He says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Chapter 2, verse 3. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So living, chapter 4, whatever is honest, he is saying, be dignified and at the same time be respectful. Because when you do that, he's going to tell us, that is what leads us to the mind of Christ. Verse 5, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. So that's why he's saying, verse 3 of chapter 2 of Philippians, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own interest, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind, please hear me, let this mind. So the mind we're talking about that stokes the fire and builds up another building block that leads to us experiencing the God of peace because we're demonstrating total dependency on him, especially Paul in these circumstances. He is saying he did what was honest. What is the honest thing to do here? What is the right thing to do? Is the next thing he's going to say. He says, whatever is just, whatever is righteous, 
Now, in what is righteous is also when you start looking at these building blocks could be tied to the armor. Work out your salvation and fair judgment, for this is God's will for you, right? This is chapter 2, verse 12 through 13. He's, he's both willing to do his good work within us, right? There's chapter 2. What is that? The helmet. Now what he's saying, truth. What is that? The belt of truth. Paul is talking about this armor implicitly within this passage that he's written about in Ephesians. He's technically, when he's talking about how they should make it as Philippians in a crazy world that they're in, he's teaching them how the armor works practically. So one of the things he's telling them is, if you're going to do what is honest, you're also going to do what is true. You're not going to listen to lies and try to work the thing this way and work it that way because I ain't going to let them get over on me. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get ready for this. We we're not going to do this for this person because they, they talk to me crazy. What is the word of God saying that is the right thing to do? Just. The just live by faith. They don't live by what their feelings is guiding them to do. They live by what the word of God is telling them what to do. So if it doesn't make any sense, they don't lean to their own understanding. In all their ways, they acknowledge him and let him direct their paths. And when they do that, what they put on is a breastplate. So that when fiery darts are coming towards them, it is not getting to their vital organs. So therefore, it doesn't steal their joy. It doesn't steal the breath, meaning it doesn't steal their soul so that they can live in an honorable and productive way. Because that breastplate is protecting their lungs, their heart, is keeping their vital organs functioning so that soldier could go to war and still fight. Because yes, an arrow may, a sword may scrape his legs or he may run across something that goes against his bottom part of his thigh or whatever. But at the end of the day, if that fiery dart hits his heart, it's over. He says, God's peace will rule your life. You can rejoice always. You can again say rejoice. In all things, you can give thanks because that's God's will for you. Because you're constantly focusing on what is just, what is right, what does the word of God say. I live the way he tells me to live, no matter what, like Joseph would say. The victory depends on him, not on me. So therefore, I will walk and do what is right, and I end up putting on the belt of truth, helmet of salvation, and the breastplate of righteousness. Folks, that's why Paul, no matter what people could do to him, for him to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The sufferings of this present time don't compare to what Paul saw in the third heavens. So it doesn't matter to Paul anymore what they do to him on the outside. It's because it's not going to change his commitment to God on the inside. And when God sees that, the fire burns bright. Stay focused. Justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And as Pastor Kennings has pointed out, these are foundational for us to incorporate into our lives. Now for a copy of today's message or the entire series, log on to powerwalkministries.org or call us at 281 260-7402. If you'd prefer to write us, our mailing address is Power Walk Ministries, P.O. Box 920-517, Houston, Texas, 77092. And now here's Pastor Kennings with a brief word. I would like to thank many of you who stuck with us this year. It has been a blessing. It has blessed us to get a lot done. It blessed us to get to Guyana. It blessed us to get to Africa. It blessed us to now have a partnership with Baptist Fellowship Association and United Baptist Conference. You've blessed us to be able now to have a relationship where we're now training pastors and leaders. 
around the country and around the world, and these relationships continue to be established in places like Ohio, in places like Sedine, in Spring City, Tennessee. You have blessed us to get that done, and I first want to just say thanks to you. Without your gift, we wouldn't be on television, which draws people to those conferences and help pastors to see us and leaders to see us. You wouldn't be on radio, and whether it's Moody or whether it's Salem, whether it's TWR, across the country and across the world. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would now continue that process next year. We need to raise $550,000. We pray that you would be a blessing to God for us to get this done now. So join us. Go to our website, powerwalkministries.org, powerwalkministries.org. You could do a QR code, PayPal, credit card. You could do different things to give to us. Come and get on our mailing list. 7350 TC Jester Power Walk Ministries, Houston, Texas, 77088. Get on our mailing list. Write in to us. It helps us to stay encouraged and to stay focused. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for staying this journey with us. It is so encouraging. Thank you. Stay focused. To contact us with your prayerful and financial support, our number is 281 260 7402. That's 281-260-7402. Or visit us online at powerwalkministries.org. We appreciate your support of this ministry. And now remember, when we observe these building blocks of focusing on truth, justice, and righteousness, we can also be able to experience God's peace and give thanks in all things.